Okay, I'm going to do the intro. And then the first one is, um, well, I'm just going to go through it in the order I sent it to you. Great. Thank and, you. And, and you're going to be the, <laughs> you're gonna be the, the main talker, you know. <laughs> well, let's have a conversation. I do think these are going to be quick hits. I think we're going to be done in 10 minutes. I mean, okay. I, I, That's cool. I am. Well, we always say that, but we, um, well, we always get a good conversation. Yeah. However, Mike is, is the missing today, so who knows? Exactly. All right. This is Ethics and Etiquette, a thought-provoking discussion about everyday dilemmas. Our goal here is to offer you insights and perspectives on sticky situations that will help you to examine your choices and exercise your own ethical muscles. Today, it's Girl Talk. I'm your host, Marna Ashburn, here with wife, mother and attorney, Kelly Halligan-Zimmerman. Hi, Kelly. Good morning, Marna. Good morning, everybody. Good to be with you. Our third presenter, Hiken Mike Derrick, is on an extended hike with his wife, Kathy, in the Sierra Madres. I've received regular, if short, text updates from their satellite phone, so I know they're doing okay and they're almost finished. Kelly and I look forward to hearing all about that long hike when Mike returns. In today's show, we tackle a few pesky dynamics in the workplace that you might have come across. They may seem petty at first, but they can cause a lot of dissatisfaction over time. We're going to talk about ways to address them before they cause too much damage. Thank you to the people who shared these with me and given me permission to use them. The first one, I heard a variation of this from several people, especially since the advent of cell phones. Quote, I'm supposed to get an hour for lunch at work and I usually go out to eat. This isn't a paid lunch hour. This isn't a paid lunch hour. However, the entire time I'm at the restaurant, people from the office call me on my cell phone with work questions. Am I obligated to take their calls? Am I obligated to work on my lunch hour if I'm not being paid? What should I do? Kelly, what would your advice be for this person? Uh, turn off the phone. Yeah, just don't answer your phone. Yeah, Turn off the phone it, and be out of the net for an hour. Yeah, absolutely. Put it on silent or turn it off and leave it at that. Right? I mean, it's not that complicated. You know, if there's something really important going on at the office that really requires support, I mean, this might happen, you know, maybe one to three times a year, you make an exception and maybe you, you work through lunch on those days. But otherwise, you just don't answer your phone. I mean, People will figure it out. But stop calling. How would you know if something really important is going on if your phone's off? Well, I mean, you just left for lunch. So, I mean, you're going to know what's going on in the office when you walk out the door at noon or one or whatever. And you're going to know if something's important. If it's important, maybe, you know, give up your lunch hour and help out the team. But other than that, when you leave, you turn your phone off. And, and people are going to learn. I mean, you know, if you keep picking up your phone at lunch, people are going to keep calling. Yeah. If, if you don't, they're just, they're not going to bother. They're going to be like, well, you know, Marna's at lunch and she's not going to answer her phone. So we're just going to have to wait till she gets back. Right. That's exactly what I wrote in my notes here. I wrote um, boundaries, in all, in all caps, boundaries, or he should be paid for his lunch hour. And I think a lot of this is training your coworkers or people around you at work um, that you're going to be unavailable at lunch, and that's just uh, that's just to be expected. You're having a nice yeah. lunch away; they know it, and 
I think over time, once they understand the expectation, they will not bother you so much. Exactly. I mean, if you're not, they'll be trained very quickly. If you're not answering the phone, they're not going to call. And, and you can help people understand that by also treating them the way you want to be treated. Don't bother them during their lunch. Right. I used to know of a woman who ate lunch at her desk, but she put a sign up, <laughs> like she taped a sign up on her computer monitor, I'm at lunch. And if anybody, <laughs> if anybody came to her desk, she wouldn't even acknowledge them. She'd just point at the sign. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's cute. I said to her once, why don't you leave your desk and go eat somewhere else? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, they say, uh, and I forget who they are, like, you know, people that are looking out for your best interest and your welfare, therapy kind of people, like you should leave your workplace, leave your, you know, your work area, your desk, and just go someplace else. I mean, if it's in the conference room, if it's outside, if it's in your car, just change the scenery. Get a reset. Definitely get a reset. Exactly. Yeah, that'd be my advice, too. And I'm totally on board with him going out to lunch every day. I think that's a great idea. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't think the issue is whether they're being paid or not. I mean, you know, they could be on salary, right? Um, but, But you are supposed to get a lunch. And it's not unreasonable to expect some time to enjoy your lunch. I agree. So turn off your phone or put it on mute and go have a nice lunch. Exactly. Unless you are a transplant surgeon, in which case you probably should keep your phone on. Yeah, I thought we were talking about sort of the average office worker. Right, we were. (laughs) All right, let's go to the next dilemma. I work in an office with four other ladies. I'm also female. This is from one of our listeners. Our supervisor seems really keen on us meeting for dinner at a restaurant pretty regularly for dinner, like monthly. The thing is, I don't really care to spend time with my co-workers after hours. They aren't people I'd pursue a friendship with. Now there are plans in the works for all of us to go to someone's lake house for the weekend. I've already declined once, and they keep offering alternative weekends for me to approve. How can I bow out of this and other evening weekend engagements with them once and for all while still keeping a good working relationship? Well, you can't, um, and you kind of sound a little bit like a Debbie Downer, <laughs> to be honest. A Debbie Downer. I, yeah, I mean, golly, I don't think it's unreasonable um, at a workplace for a supervisor or, you know, a manager to want the team to get together maybe once a month for, you know, a nice dinner or a little team building, just something outside work so that you're connected. I think that that's totally appropriate. And I think you'd be hard pressed to just bow out of that because like, I don't want to be your friend. And you know, I'm not going to do that. I mean, I guess you can do that. But there is going to be consequences and people are going to feel like, you know, you're you you don't like them. I I just I don't think that that's unreasonable. Um, You know, to, to spend a little time with folks outside of work. I think it makes the workplace healthier, happier. You get to know people and a little bit about their story, um, you know, and what's behind kind of who they are. So I, I just, I, I would recommend this person kind of, 
you know, put on their happy face and go have dinner. I mean, once a month is nothing. Um, and for some people that may be single or new to an area, this may be, you know, one of the few opportunities they have to socialize or get out. Um, so I, I say that that's not unreasonable and, and, you know, to participate and try to enjoy it. Now, the the lake weekend, that really is getting to a level of, of friendliness and socialization that is beyond what anybody should be expected to do. So, you know, if you're not interested in doing that, don't do it. And I would just, you know, I that's a tough one. You almost have to bow out in a way that, you know, like I'm just really, I don't enjoy, you know, lakes or I'm not a big swimmer. Um, I don't like the heat. I don't know. I would come up with something um, that would hopefully not make them feel like you don't want to spend time with them, but be more about the location. Or I know that's not entirely honest or transparent, but I think that that's probably the better and kinder approach. W- what do you think, Marna? You know, I I'm not sure how you can shut that lake weekend conversation down once and for all without hurting their feelings I mean can you just say I'm sorry but I really don't want to go away for the weekend yeah Ever. I mean you, period you could, you could you could just be like I love my weekends at home you know I cherish them and I thank you so much for including me but I'm really not interested you, you could just do something like that yeah um, I think so you, too you know um, and I think that's probably the approach me just a general statement like that. Now, eventually you're going to go away on a weekend and, and they may find out and be like, well, wait a minute, I thought she didn't like to go away. Or, you know, so I don't know. But that's all you can do. I do think, you know, you shouldn't be expected to go on a long weekend or even a weekend yeah. away. That's a lot of time together. That is. And, and it, that's great if people want to do it. Um, but I certainly don't think you should feel like you have to do it. I mean, the dinner once a month, Um, That seems very reasonable. When you think about workplaces, especially before COVID, when you and I were young, I mean, it was so common and so much fun. You know, like after work, people would go out and get dinner or go get a cocktail or whatever. It was just, it was a real Mm -hmm. source of socialization. And it's how you kind of learned how to operate in the workplace and kind of helped you grow up. And I don't, you know, and I do think it's a team building thing. Yeah, the team building is important. We definitely did that in the military. And, and I remember talking to one battalion commander once who said, I don't, I don't gig people for not wanting to socialize outside the workday with other people. But I do take issue with you missing unit events that are after hours that are unit events, you know, like a right. hail and farewell or something like that. So I thought that was a good philosophy. There are some workplace things that are after hours. And I think you're right. Once a month, that's not too much to ask. No. And and really, if you give it a chance, you may find out you really enjoy it and the people you work with are interesting and, you know, ha- have an interesting background or, you know, have things going on in their life that may help inform what you see at work. Um, and, and I totally agree with... Uh, the military person, you know, you just spoke about. And one of my sisters reminded me of that with my work, you know, because sometimes it takes an effort 
you know, uh, our main office and activities are generally in New Jersey, and that's a trip for me. And, you know, sometimes it's just like, oh, I don't want to do it. And, you know, my sister's like, you know, that's important. It, it shows that you care about your job and you care about your firm and you want to be a part of it. And it shows respect for the partners. And, you know, of course, I know all that, but sometimes you need to hear it. And you need to kind of make that, you know, extra sacrifice. I don't know if it's a sacrifice or make the effort. Really, that's more of what it is. It's just make, make the, the effort, effort, yeah. And then there's always the point where, look, this is getting ridiculous. Right. And or like in your, in your scenario, we're not there at all, except for, right. the, you know, the weekend. The lake house, is, I think, might the be. The <laughs> lake house is, yeah, you, I think you can decline. And, you know, and like for me, my, my example was never ridiculous. And it was just like, make the effort. And then usually, like 90% of the time when you make the effort, you're like, oh, my gosh, I'm so glad I did this. This was fun. You know, I got to catch up with everybody. Right. and Provided you know. you're a healthy, normal individual and not a antisocial not a Debbie Downer. Debbie Downer. <laughs> There's yeah. always that possibility. Yeah, you don't want to be the Debbie Downer. <laughs> okay, so go have dinner and drinks with your coworkers and your supervisor once a month. Put on a happy face, and you might even enjoy it. Exactly. Yeah. As for the the weekend, you just script something that will shut that down forever. You, I mean, no, I'm just not interested in going away for the weekend. But thank you for asking. Yeah, maybe you could soften it a little even from that. <laughs> but yeah, like, like you know, just maybe a reason, like I love my weekends, I need my alone time, I need my rest time, I don't know, you know, people can come up with something that sounds really good. Well, the trouble with that is, then they'll always come back at, with a counter offer. Well, you don't have to go, you don't have to get in the water, you don't have to. Well, that's why, like, maybe you just say, like, I, you know, I... I treasure my weekends and my alone time, and I, I require a lot of rest, and thank you so much, but I just don't like to go away on the weekends. Thank you Done. so much, but I don't like to go yeah. away on the weekends. Yeah, something like that just okay. completely, I, you know. There you go. Yep. On to the next dilemma here, and this one is from my sister, who is no longer working at this place, in case you were concerned. My sister was hired to be an instructor at a Pilates bar studio. The rate of pay, which was agreed on, was $25 an hour. A few months later, the owner of the studio announced that each instructor would have to be the demonstrator for the class either immediately before or after the class they taught. The rate of pay for this hour of demonstrating was $10 an hour. The instructors don't think a demonstrator is necessary, but the owner insists. What are the options for the instructors? Kelly, you're really in the hot seat today. <laughs> Yeah, I don't have Mike here to argue with. Uh, I miss him. <laughs> you, can, you can just assume um, he agrees with you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, this one is fairly straightforward because you sort of have a crafty owner, right? You know, it's sort of a, you know, a bait and switch. Oh, I'm going to, you know, your, your rate of pay is $25 an hour, but then it's really not, right? Um, so one of the things I learned um, really more through my husband was, for any kind of job, you know, if you have a job, that's the best time to be looking for a job, right, is when you have one. So that's what know, conventional wisdom says, yes. Yeah, yeah. So just kind of keep that in mind. If you're not totally happy, you've always kind of maybe you're starting to look. But I just mentioned that for this scenario. But it's very simple to me, you've got several options you can do as asked. Okay, that's one. You can say you're willing to do it, but 
hey, you agreed to pay me $25 an hour, and that's what I expect to receive. Um, third option is, you know, as an individual, you can just say, look, no, I'm not interested in doing that. You hired me to teach Pilates classes, so I'm ready to do that. Now, you have to understand that, you know, they might say, well, that's not good. You're out of here. And, and you have to be ready for that to happen, right? And so that's another option. The, the fourth option, which I think might be the best option, is to get with your coworkers and kind of band together um, and use the strength of numbers and sit down with the owner and be like, look, you, you agreed to pay us all $25 per hour, um, and that's what we expect to receive. And, you know, otherwise yeah. we're not going to stay. Have a de facto and, union meeting. Yeah, and just, just say that. Now, the thing you have to be careful in any kind of employment situation, and I think people don't realize this, and I saw it you know, many times when I practice laws, when you meet with your employer and you present in that manner, it's perfectly fine. But you have to understand that the employer can look at you and say, I understand, you know, thanks, we enjoyed having you here. Good luck. And that definitely happens. Right. But if <laughs> so you're you all banded together, if you're all of one accord on this, all the other instructors, is she going to fire everybody in one Exactly. Yeah. And that's why it's important. You, you want to really get everybody on board um, so that you, you've got that yeah. strength and she can't kind of break you. And yeah, it, it, it is a union approach. But just generally with employers, you, you've got to realize that when you go and you imply any kind of... You know, well, if you don't give me a pay increase, if you don't, I, you know, I, I may look, they could very well take you up on that and say, and, okay. Well. And, they, and they have. I've known that to happen. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They're like, they okay, can, don't let the door hit you on the way out. Yeah, that's right. Good luck to you. You know, if you're not happy, <laughs> yeah, we'd, we'd rather not have you. Yeah. So, um, so I think those are, those are the options. I mean, I, I would be concerned a little bit working for somebody that's, seems to be a little ethically challenged right um but i mean you know you just got to stand up for yourself and if it doesn't work out then you find something else but the minute you see something like this happen you ought to be looking you ought to be like okay i better start looking here because this i'm not sure how this is gonna mm -hmm. turn out and you how, said how it did, in other scenarios you've said um uh, I don't know why you'd work for somebody like this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's kind of clear that there's some issues, business issues, ethical issues there, yeah. Uh, but well, I also, Marna, real quick, I also understand, you know, sometimes we don't have choices, and sometimes we have to stay where we are. Whether right. You, you know, like a lot of times as the employee, you, you've got to make the best of a bad situation, and it depends on the economy and your personal situation. So... Not, a, not everybody has options. Mm -hmm. But but I am interested. How, how did it turn out? How did your sister handle it? I don't think she stayed with the studio. I think she left. Um, she did. Okay, so first of all, a Pilates instructor has quite a bit of training. And there's a lot of personal pride in the class that you run. And for them to, for the owner to think that they needed a demonstrator in the class, they really didn't. A good instructor doesn't need a demonstrator, right? So it was kind of insulting to the instructors that they can't do their own classroom management. Uh, but the other thing was um, my my sister was demonstrating for a class in which there were four people. You know, an instructor can take care of a class with four people, so 
she uh, went to the desk and started doing some work and the owner saw her on the camera and called her and said you got to get in there and demonstrate and, she, and my sister said I, I don't need to demonstrate that she's got this class under control so um, we've talked about this before in other dilemmas it's pretty good to good reminder try to take care of it at the lowest possible level like like you said how about a conversation with the owner either you alone or with all the other instructors who were all they were all offended by the way that yeah and you got to do it right away and that's one of yeah. the things we talked about with with employment issues you cannot let something fester um, you've got to deal with it directly like like the owner immediately I'm not saying she was right but she immediately was like hey she's not doing what I wanted and she immediately said something and we talked about that before if you have an employee that you know, like early, wh whenever, whether they've been with you for f 10 years or it's their second day of work. You know, if you see that they're late, I wouldn't meet, I, like I would, I would probably give it one or, if, if it was early in their employment, I would let them know immediately, hey, Sally, you need to be here before 9 a.m. at your desk ready to answer the phone. It's very important. We yes. talked about this when I hired you. Um, you know, to make it clear so we don't have any issues. Now, if it's 10 years in and you start to see a problem, you know, you give them a little bit of slack, but you communication's important. But f like for your sister, as soon as this occurred, she, she, you know, she either would have to say, look, I'm going to leave because this is not the place for me, or she would need to get right with the owner, um, either by, you know, following, you know, one of the, you know, the different things we talked about and just say, hey, I'm not comfortable with this. Here's why, and talk it out, and maybe you end up leaving. But at least you've you've resolved it in some way. Yes, use I statements, so the owner feels less ganged up on. Although I've noticed in work situations where all the employees want to talk to the boss about something, that um, when the actual conversation happens, a lot of the employees demonstrate a, an alarming lack of spine. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen that too, and they let one person kind <laughs> yes, of, you know, exactly. and then that person sort of becomes the scapegoat. Yeah, they're like, well, okay, well, I don't care then, whatever. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, that, that can be challenging. But yeah, I just, you know, like we talk so frequently, communication, so important. Oh, yes, absolutely. And, and sorry, go ahead. Uh, well, we're going to move on to the next scenario. You want to finish what you were going to say? Well, I was just going to say, and, and how things are delivered. Um, one of the things I've learned as I've gotten older is you can deliver a pretty difficult message, but if you do it in, an, in a nice way, um, it's a whole lot better and can be accepted by the other person as opposed to just being like, you know, boom, a very short mm -hmm. sentence that just sort of is almost uh, a critique of the person. Yeah. There's a real art form to that. Yes, I think so. I've known people who were so delicate with somebody that they were firing that the person didn't even realize that, you know, they'd been fired. They were just leaving their, like, they thought it was their idea to leave the job. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and that's, that's great. Um, you know, but it's got to be clear enough at least that the person gets the message, right? Yeah. That's, that's another problem is mm -hmm. the person could walk out of there and go, like, am I still working here? What just happened? Right. <laughs> you know. I think we could all take classes on that. Diplomatic conversations. 
Definitely. So we say it sounds like a conversation to me. Um, I wanted to ask you about something I've wondered about ever since I heard that uh, Prince Harry and his wife, Meghan, Meghan Markle, had a second child, a girl, and they named her Lilibet, which is a pet name for Queen Elizabeth used by her father and husband for, on, for Elizabeth, calling her Elizabeth, but it was a pet name. It seems awfully personal to me to take that name and name a baby. The prince and his wife say they got the queen's permission to name the baby after her, but other reports say the queen didn't know they were going to use Lilibet. They thought she, she thought they were going to use Elizabeth. So this sounds like a conversation to me. I mean, we use that a lot in a lot of different scenarios. You, you gotta have a conversation and be clearer, you know? Uh, what do you think? <laughs> um, I don't really care. <laughs> it's not really high on my, the royal family is not a big concern of mine. I, I feel like, you know, people can name their kids what they want. I, some names I'm shocked at and I, I think they're stupid. But, they, you know, they, maybe they think my kids' names are, are not the best. So I, I don't really care. And I feel like if they want to, they can name their daughter whatever they want. I, they've, in some ways, they've had a difficult time of it. I, you know, and I think it's hard when you're. I would imagine it's very hard when you're a, um, a prominent public person, and you've got everybody watching everything you do and questioning it and critiquing it. I, gosh, I don't know who could survive under that. Yeah, but but what if there was a pet name that your husband called you, and then somebody else in your family named their baby that pet name yeah I wouldn't care like I'd be like wow they named somebody after me that's nice <laughs> yeah I wouldn't really care <laughs> you wouldn't care I just, you, you no, wouldn't think they moved in on a pet name no I wouldn't care at all I mean I I wouldn't I think a pet name as somebody's real name is kind of like not not the best idea that that that's old-fashioned me speaking but you know uh like nowadays a lot of names just are i feel like kind of funky and kind of weird but but that's me right i i sort of like your traditional names you know kind of traditional old-fashioned you know old testament new testament <laughs> Matthew, Mark, Margaret is a beautiful name. <laughs> like my name is kind of a little bit different, right? Um, I remember being a little girl and going to Catholic school and having nuns question me about my name. Yeah, like, there was a time Christian when it was name. kind of unusual. There was. Yeah, that, what kind of Christian name is that? What saint are you? What's your middle name? <laughs> what you saint know, like, are you? Yeah, yeah like, like what saint are you named after? So... Um, but yeah, that's that's just I, I don't really care. I mean, Kali, isn't there enough in the world to worry about than these poor people and how they name their kids and what's going on? I don't know. Well, since we talk about etiquette, I just I just wondered in a um, you know divorce from the details of the, of the royal family sorry, situation, what um, moving in on a pet name, you know, etiquette wise, what's the rule? Uh, yeah, I think I mean, it's a conversation. You got to have a conversation. Yeah, I mean, I, I yes and no. Like, I feel like, um, like in their scenario, I don't think so. But I don't understand all the rules regarding the queen. What I would say is, if you're, 
if you if you're a like if you have a brother for example um and you have a son and you want to name him after your father but your brother's named after your father you know i guess he could still maybe at that point you have a conversation with your brother like hey i'd like to name you know my child john after dad um you know do you have any issues with that you know so that you both don't have johns and maybe that's where you have a conversation but if it's a grandparent like do i have to go to my grandparent if they're alive and ask them if i can name my child after them I don't think so. No, 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 no. But if if it were a pet name, I do think you should. I, what's the difference? I, I think it's because the the real names like Elizabeth, the are you know convention convention to name offspring after the conventional traditional names, but a taking a pet name is kind of different. It's so personal, especially since it was something that Prince Philip called the queen and he had recently died. So. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just not getting it. You just don't care. I just don't get it. Like, I mean, if yes, if it's a personal pet name, uh, okay, fine. But if they want to name their daughter that, I mean, I look at it as something you know, as a nod and and as a way of honoring the queen, I, I don't I don't feel like they're getting in on her territory. I don't know, but maybe I don't understand everything. I mean, I just like I would have gone with a traditional name and then you know used a nickname. You know, like like your name, like Margaret. It's not unusual with a Margaret that somebody would be called. Peggy or Maggie or Marna or you oh, know there's a bunch of nicknames yeah, yeah. Um, so anyways yeah maybe I don't care All right. but I also feel like like we spend so much time focusing on other people and like you know kind of roasting them I don't know in the great scheme of things this is pretty irrelevant but I just wanted to get your opinion on that. <laughs> so you think what you think you think they should have communicated and 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 we don't know if they did. I mean, if you believe the tabloids, they did. They didn't. I don't know. If they didn't, they should have, and they should have been clear. We would like to name the baby Lilibet, and I know that's a pet name that your father used for you and your husband. Do you have any problem with that? And then if, if she did have a problem with it, then they shouldn't n- name the child that. Right. Marna, is that that, you know, like she kind of owns the nickname and they can't use it? Because it's so so unusual and so personal, I would say, you know, out of deference to her, don't do it. Now, they're going to call the baby Lily anyway, so why not just name the baby Lily? Right. But then that's like when you have a John and you... You know, you call him Jack, or you have a Margaret, and you call him Marna. You, because you, because that's your planned approach, right? And that's fine. <laughs> yeah. This I is mean, not what about the people that like <laughs> name their child? Uh, like, I, yeah, I have family members and friends that you know, they they name their child, uh, you know, like, like, you know, and then they call him by their middle name. You know, like maybe their name is James David, and they call him. David their whole lives you know like okay you know like a lot of people would be like why didn't you just use David as the first name and I I think that often too but 
it's not my business so I don't say you know, anything like, it's so funny <laughs> like if you I can remember being in school and I think Keenan and Wayne's might have done a uh, some kind of a spoof on this you know where the teacher goes down the you know the 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 roster or the whatever you call it and and you know calls out a name and the person's like you know call me Marna you know, <laughs> Elizabeth call me Lisa you know and it just gets to the point of the ridiculous <laughs> <laughs> yeah where you know oh I go by my middle name I go by my you know it's just it is kind of funny yeah um, I know in some cases own. They'll name uh, a baby after somebody in the family, and you check that blocks block. You know, I'll n- name the baby after you, but they actually call the baby something else. Exactly. Yeah. That that's and that's often with the first name middle name thing. Well, yeah. I, I want to use this first name, but I'm not that crazy about it. I'm just doing it because it was grandpa's name, and then mm-hmm. I'm just gonna yeah call yeah. him middle name. Yeah. <laughs> so, but to each his own. Yeah. You know. Okay. All right. And and it's up to the royal family. To make their own decisions but i just wanted to get your thoughts on that hey let's keep this conversation going send us an email inbox at ethicsandetiquette.com or leave a voicemail at our website ethicsandetiquette.com check out our instagram at ethics etiquette and our facebook page ethics and etiquette if you want to support what we're doing subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and we'd appreciate it if you left a positive review while you're there And thank you to all of you who keep recommending Ethics and Etiquette to your friends and family. For Kelly Halligan-Zimmerman and the absent Mike Derrick, who is here with us in spirit, I'm Marna Ashburn, and this is Ethics and Etiquette, a thought-provoking dialogue about everyday dilemmas. Thanks for being with us this week, and please join us again. New episodes are posted on the first and third Wednesdays of every month. See you then.